Thanks so much. I was uh, reminiscing back to the days where, when I was, you know, in the Stone Age years, um, when Bibles were freely given out in the, in the public schools. But I, a story comes to mind, actually, uh, is when I was uh, sleeping in a closet at home. I, I had graduated to the closet because my sister moved out of the closet. <laughs> so I think, I think, Larry, you maybe had moved out of the house if it gave the opportunity for my sister to move into your room. I think that's the way it was. But I remember sleeping in this closet, and I remember getting this Gideon Bible. And I believe it was my brother Omar that's here today. He, he gave that to me because he was in Vietnam. I, I, do you remember that? And he gave that to me. It really meant something to me because he went to Vietnam for me. And uh, I read that little, that little Gideon, uh, Gideon New Testament. I believe you probably carried that with you while you were in service. So the Gideons have done so much to help uh, a lot of people in different situations. You just never know what the Word of God will do in a young person or an older person. Uh, God said in his word, my word shall not return void. In other words, God is going to honor his word no matter what, if people just give him a chance and open up. And so to be praying for, I believe, a good prayer. We heard it on the banquet night, and this is how we met you guys, but someone prayed this prayer, Lord, may the, the, the ground of our hearts, of the ground that will be fertile to receive. And Jesus Definitely talked in a, in a story form at times, and he talked about how some ground is receptive and other ground is rocky, and some ground, it, it's shallow, it grows up quickly, but the cares of this world snatches it away. So we, we just have a, a mandate from the Lord himself to go and make disciples. And when you place a Bible in someone's hand or they read it, they need to find someone. You need to pray that, that if it's not you yourself or someone else, that can help come along and be a friend to them and then grow up in the things of the Lord. So you never know. You never know. You can never go wrong in investing in God's word. And we're going to do that at, at the end of the service. You'll have opportunity to give uh, toward the Gideon's uh, ministry. And I'm thinking, oh, if there's any guys here that just kind of maybe something's turning in your heart, you be open to what the Lord would have you. So we are, we are going to try to finish up our, uh, the book of Ephesians today. We are kind of like on the last, on the climax of this great, uh, wonderful letter to the church of Ephesus, which also applies to the church we are today. The word of God is living and active. What was written so long ago still applies, the Holy Spirit still applying it and using it to touch people's lives, to grow people up in the things of the Lord. Paul's desire of his heart was to see people come to Christ, not only come to Christ, but they would become soldiers of the cross. They would become people who would carry the word of God, who would become evangelists, who would become teachers, who would become pastors and leaders that would go out and, and begin to touch their communities for the name of Jesus. 
But how many know there is this enemy to be called Satan who hates when God's word is distributed, he hates when God's word is proclaimed, he stands against the church if he can to try to confuse or to cause people to fear for this is, he knows that it's God's word that will, will not return void. And so Paul addresses this subject after he had came off from chapter 5, he talked about the marriage, he talked how husbands to love their wives, he talked about how wives are to respect their husband as to the Lord, he touches on the children obeying their parents. By the way, guys, kids, you want to live a long time? Yeah. Obey your parents. That's a promise from God's word. And Paul described that in verses leading early in the chapter 6. He also talked about slave and masters. He talked about the relationships that a person who is, has people under him, how he ought to treat them. He's responsible to treat them in, in a good way. And the slave, of course, Paul takes an opportunity to encourage the slaves who are serving under a master. Just don't do it for them. Do it as unto the Lord. So kids, kids, young people, anything that you do, no matter how simple the task, when you have an attitude of doing it unto the Lord, there's reward. There's a blessing. And so God is faithful to give back to us. Just knowing that you did what God has called you to do is enough in itself. There's a peace that comes with that. I don't know about you, but I tried to kind of run from the call for a while. I sort of did. I sort of yeah, I didn't really want to admit. Didn't really want to, you know, are you sure, Lord? Are you sure, Lord? You know, we'd, we'd wrestle through. That it, it, it didn't help that I had a mom praying for one of her kids to become a pastor. I believe that's the way the story went. Something like that. But Paul is admonishing the church. Who do you think the devil hates today in the, in the world the most? Doesn't like believers. He doesn't like praying people to God, the one and true God. He hates it because he knows that's where their power is. He doesn't like when people forgive. He doesn't like that. He wants people to hang on to their bitterness so they can not, they can be stopped and, and to be stifled in their growth. The early church were looking for this power that Jesus promised to them, and they were waiting in this place called the upper room, and suddenly we, we read a little bit about that. Paul reminded that earlier, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit of God. And the enemy always seems to have something that's just not the real thing. It's a counterfeit. It's just, it's just for the moment. It's just seasonal sin is, has its season, temporal 
But see, when we grow in the Lord, we begin to understand that we are called by God not to just not to just fill a pew, but to actually engage. We are engaging when we go to, in fact, I've learned this, that the preparation for the battle is not merely prayer. That the battle is prayer. The battle takes place in the prayer room, in your secret of hearts, in your closet with God alone, and no one else is there. Oftentimes you can, you can pray loud or you can pray quietly or you can, you can groan, as Romans describes, not even having the words to utter. But there's a sense of the Spirit of God moving through you, praying through you. And Paul leads us up to verse 10 now. Finally, and this is a word for you and I today. This is a word for you to take home. Finally, be strong. Be strong. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. It is not by your strength, but it is by his strength. Put on, put on, put on the full armor. This is what we have to remind ourselves every day, don't we? If we're going to go out into the world and work in the workplace and be around people who need God, we need the, the armor of God on our, on, our, on our head to the top, our head down to the soles of our feet. Now that seems like a lot of work. My, 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 my. You like one of them that can get out of bed and Get dressed fast and out the door. Raise your hand if you're kind of like that. All one. Horton. Horton. Yes, Horton. How many when you got a little older, things take a little longer? You can work just as hard, but everything takes longer. You're, you're there. You're there. You can still work hard, but everything takes longer to do. So therefore, you don't have time for everything. Time is used up. Why is that? How many days, how many days sometimes do you and I feel very weak? You got a few of them? Today? Maybe? Call my wife. I, I don't feel it. I don't feel it. That doesn't always mean. That doesn't mean it's about you. When you are weak, when you feel inadequate, when you feel afraid, when you feel this is uncertain, I've never done this before, or this is, what are we going to do if we get, you know, what if, what if this happens? We begin to surmise, we begin to, we begin to try to figure things out, we begin to read into things. But the Lord, the word of the Lord is says, Finally, be strong. Be strong in the strength of his might. So let me just sum it all up to this. All this armor from the helmet to the, to the shield to, the, to all the stuff, the breastplate of righteousness, it's all in Jesus. So if you forget one of the pieces, 
You just say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, I need you now. Jesus, come. Jesus. You may only have a split second to pray and say, Jesus. I've had moments when I've cried out, Jesus. But suddenly you're in trouble. And the presence of the Lord picks you up. And you're able to do things that you would not otherwise. You're able to stand that you would not otherwise stand. Hey, today, what the world needs and the church needs is people who will stand for what is right. Will stand for that which is truth. Will stand with God's help. Because we realize, as Paul describes, our struggle is not against this stuff. This is stuff we call flesh and blood. It's not against the physical. The physical is just the stuff that you and I live in. There is another world, a spiritual world, that is taking. It's more alive than we could ever realize. How do we know this? Because God's word says... Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers. There will be days where you and I will feel oppression. When I say that, oppression means the enemy is trying to get to you, and to bring you down, discourage you. What keeps us from praying? You keep, he'll do anything to keep us from praying. He knows that's where our strength is. He'll do anything to keep you from praising the Lord. Or he'll let you get so busy that you don't have time to pray. He loves that, doesn't he? But we are God, we're smarter than that. We're smarter than that because the Lord has given us a mind. The Lord has given us his mind. The Lord will give you a peace of mind and he will give you discernment. He can give you discernment. What is that? That's one of the gifts. That's one of the nine gifts besides wisdom and faith and wisdom. You know, words of knowledge, interpretations of tongues and miracles is the gift of discerning of spirits. And you go to God with that burden, and you begin to press in, and you begin to speak the name of Jesus. You may say something like this, I don't know exactly what it is, Lord, but you know. And you begin to acknowledge God your need. There's something going on. I don't know what it is for sure until you reveal it to me. Lord, I, I am here, and we're going to pray this thing through until I feel that it is done. It, the battle is won. How many have done that? You've done that. Maybe you've done that for your kids. Maybe that done, you've done that for your family. You've done that for your neighbors. It's a spiritual battle takes more than ourselves. And I would say, I would compare these verses to another set of scripture, just a couple of them. When Paul was speaking, he wrote to the Corinthian church. And the word Corinthian or Corinth actually means translated to fornicate. Corinthian has to do with a lot of sin. That was a cesspool in its day. And God used Paul to go in and, and raise up a church. 
That's great. That's, that's on the cutting edge. That's in the trenches. And then he reminds them, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. This is 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. But we are destroying speculations and even every, every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Isn't that, that's your, that's your weaponry right there. That's, to how, that's how we do battle. We don't do it in our own strength. We do it with, what the, with the Spirit of God praying through you. Amen. Agonizing prayers at times. There's a brokenness that comes at times. What breaks the heart of God ought to break our hearts. What should cause me, what, what should be the first thing I should do if I hear of somebody's calamity, if I hear of someone who has give it in to the enemy. My first thing I should do is hit the floor, hit my spirit should go into intercession and say, oh God, help us. Oh God, push back the enemy. Now he thinks he's won, this, he's won, he's won the battle. He thinks he's got, this, he's got us now. And oh God, turn it around. Oh God, bring it back around just as Joseph was sold into the house of slavery and there he was put in prison, probably thought he would never get out, forgotten by his companion. God opened the doors for him. It just so happened that Joseph became the savior of his family and brought them out of Egypt into place where they could have food. I would say today that we're, we're, we as a church are called by God to put on the whole armor, to do battle, to, how do you like this for sayings? Let's become Satan's worst nightmare. Let's begin to make him tremble because we're walking in the spirit. How many remember uh, our missionary friends of the Philippines, Paul Dwight Palmquist? Some of you knew him. He's, he was one of the giants. He's, he's in glory now. He, he would come on occasion, we'd support him, and he'd say, I'm just an ordinary man who served an extraordinary God. He's the fellow who never married by choice because he felt God would send him into places very dangerous, and he did. He was he would go into very dangerous places. But over and over again, he'd tell about the protection of the Lord, a protection. When there were officials that were 
watching who was coming through the road, and they'd stopped his car. And the official looked right at him, and it was just, just as if he didn't see him. It was just like the Lord blinded the eyes of the officials that were going to stop where he, where he was going. And he lived, and he walked with God. Not everyone's called to go to the hardest places of the world, but right where you and I live, right in our homes, right in our own children's family, there is a whole lot of things that the enemy is trying to lure them into a, a, a sinful situation. And here we are as people of God saying, I'm going to stand firm. No matter what the enemy tries to come against me, I'm going to stand I'm going to stand, I'm going to stand up for what is right. I'm going to stand with them when they fall. I'm going to be there to encourage them, to help them get back up, to point them in the right way. I'm not going to be called one of those who, who uh, hurt their own wounded. I'm going to be a blessing. I'm going to build people up around me because that's what Jesus is all about. He's in the healing business. When I should have been thrown away, he says, no, I will, I will make something beautiful. Now, you've read the book of Daniel ever? Have, have you ever read the, have you ever read the book of Daniel? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those guys that came out of that book of Daniel. Remember how we used to say that to our kids, Carrie? We'd say Shadrach, to bed, to Abednego, and Shadrach, Meshach, and to bed we go. We'd try to get our kids... And, you know, give them a little story, encouragement to go to bed. You haven't heard that one? This guy's funny, isn't he? Um, so that story had a man, Daniel. He lived in a tough time. There was this king who just really was proud very high up in himself. Nebuchadnezzar. They couldn't find anything wrong, so they made up a rule. Anybody who prays other than to the image that we've erected, he's going to the lion's den. Daniel went right on with his lifestyle, praying three times a day, at least. He was not, he did not give in to fear. He would not be, this is how the enemy fights, to get you to be afraid. But the truth of the matter, he is afraid. Because he knows his days are numbered. The enemy's days are numbered. But until then, he's going to try to drag everybody he can down. But the church of Jesus Christ has been given the power to not give in, to stand, to keep standing. When everything else is blown up around them, what's going to last is God's word. The Bible says everything's going to burn up. The heavens are going to get remade, and the earth is going to get remade. That stuff, I leave that for Vern to teach us. End time prophecy, but you guys do some of the basics here. 
after we're called out of this place, all this is going to come. No, How he's going to do it, I don't know, but I know this. The only thing that's going to be left, God's word. God's word. And what we're building our life on right now is oh, the only thing that we really can build on it is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the foundation. The foundation of the church. May we never lose the foundation. May we never take our eyes off Jesus. When the church takes its eyes off Jesus, the church gets confused and fragmented and weak and susceptible to many things. And this is exactly what Jesus said. In the last days, there will be false teachers, false prophets. Let's be on the edge, folks. Let's keep ourselves sharp because the word of God is in this passage, and I will end it with this. I'm getting too long. Paul admonishes us to pray at verse 18 at all times. Well, now, what do you mean? I'm, I, I got to work some of the time, right? I got to work a little bit. How about if you pray while you work a little bit? And I'm talking about just having conversations. I'm talking about keeping your, your mind I'm talking about being sensitive. The Lord lays on your heart a person. He brings a name to your heart. He brings a situation to your mind. Maybe he's urging you, nudging you to pray. I believe that. But it might be for a particular time that's very urgent and very serious. Pray at all times, and with this in view, be on the alert. And Paul, in another place in Scripture, he's talking about don't be asleep. What he meant is, he's not talking about taking a nap. He's talking physically. He's talking about spiritually. Don't be sleeping. Don't, be, don't allow yourself to become sluggish or sleepy when it comes to the things of the Spirit. Here, I'll end with this. And who we should pray for, Paul is admonishing, pray for the saints. Why pray for the saints? They should be doing fine, right? No, the saints are under attack. The family, the marriages, the home is all under attack because the enemy knows where the strength of a culture is. He knows where the strength the church is, and so let's pray for one another. Let's hold each other up. We were sitting at the banquet, and this sister lady, well, she'd be kind of a grandma-type person. She just wanted to find out stuff about Harry and I, and I felt so pampered. I felt like, my goodness, I'm not used to this. And I told her she reminded of, you remind me of my good aunt Irene, and you had a lot of her spirit, and she wrote her names in her prayer list. Oh, now we're just cooking. We're cooking. You find a person that's praying, 
and get on their prayer list. Or you take a person and take them in. See, I believe it. I believe this. Paul lived that way. You know, sometimes I've got into this thinking, i got to pray at least 20 minutes for this individual and 20 minutes for this individual. Well, Paul said, I make mention of your name. Oh, maybe I can get more on the list than I can. But, you know, as the Spirit leads, if you know a little bit about their situation, you know how to pray more. Prayer is never a waste of time. It's the only, probably the best time, the best of the best, the most. Well, some people, well, all we can do is pray. Well, yeah, you, you, you. You know you can just pray, but pray. Get into it. Go after it. <laughs> now he mentions a few names. Uh, I don't even want to pronounce them. Tychius. All these people, God knows who they are. I don't know who you are. But they're a beloved brother, faithful. Minister in the Lord. Faithful minister. You see, ministry starts with you and God. You and God. Starts in the closet. You want to have ministry? Every day you have ministry. You minister to God. Number one. That's the most highest, highest priority. You minister to God. You worship God. You love God. And then it begins to, begins, and you begin to, well, what's on your heart, Lord? Well, Lord, you've asked a big question there. Don't, don't go, I mean, you can take it, but he, hopefully only, he will only give you what you can handle. But when you ask him what's on his heart, it's people, it's people, it's people, it's people. It's concerning everyone having an opportunity to know him. So I'll end with this. No matter where you're at in your season with God, never too late to say, here I am. As Isaiah, he had a revelation. He saw the Lord. He felt so unworthy, so, so inadequate. He felt so sinful. And all God was asking, did you just let me touch you? You took care of his sin problem cleansed him, made him what he ought to be. And from there on, he was able to speak to an obstinate and a stubborn nation. And it was there that God used him to proclaim and stand, 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 in spite of what the opposition was coming against him. And it was through Isaiah that God used his word shall not return void and will accomplish how many need him today? How many know you need him? How many know this country needs our Lord? How many desire to somehow be able to come uh, uh, help some way? How can I help? How? Let's pray like we have never prayed before. Let's enter in. Let's be challenged to take the time.